Hello and welcome to the February 6th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today. And of course, as always, it is wonderful to be out there with you as well. First and foremost, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for making yesterday's 100th episode a complete success. It uh, appears that I had quite a few downloads. So what that means to me is that people are, for the most part, caught up with Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. And if you are not caught up, well, continue to go through the episodes and see what you have missed. And uh, hopefully some of those episodes can help you out. And if not, I have a funny feeling that as we move forward, uh, Mr. Joe is going to be able to help many of you out there, uh, considering the fact <laughs> that we have no choice but to uh, venture back to, I guess, you, what you can call an educational podcast today. And um, that stems from basically something that went on last night all the way into today. And, of course, it revolves around bipolar disorder. And what I recognized last night, as a matter of fact, again, flowing into today it's, uh, it, it's evidently clear, and I've mentioned this a million times over, how important sleep is, but we've never really zoned in necessarily on sleep deprivation and the types of symptoms, I guess you could say, or um, impairments, or how can I put this, uh, the importance. I mean, we've talked about the importance, but we've never really talked about how sleep deprivation or what I would refer to as chronic poor sleep would put us at an increased risk for lots of different medical conditions. And I don't even know if we've ever talked about some of the things that might go on regardless of whether or not you have bipolar disorder. But um, sleep, chronic poor sleep can definitely impact or cause things like um, overweight, or I guess you could call it obesity, heart disease, even diabetes, and it's 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 just an essential, important part of our lives. And when you have bipolar disorder, the unfortunate thing is, many of us, when we are manic, we can go one, two, three, four days without sleep, and. If you ask yourself, how much sleep do you really, really need? Well, obviously everybody is different, but adults should definitely get between seven and nine hours of sleep each night. I know it's not always popular, uh, possible, <laughs> popular, uh, possible. And what many of you may think is that if you sleep an extra hour or so on the weekends, well, unfortunately, that does not make up for the lost sleep that you've been experiencing over the course of your, let's say, busy work week. Now, for me, 
that's where it all started last night was what I would call a busy work evening. And just to give you a rundown of the events that took place, Mr. Joe was in work by about 8.30 yesterday morning, and I did not finish up my day until 9 o'clock at night. Now, after I completed my task, which took place at 7.30 and ran till about 8.45 or so, I picked up my cell phone and I looked at all the text messages that had come through from various people, and along with that was a medication reminder. Keep in mind, I take my medicine about 8 o'clock at night, and I usually do not steer away from that time at all. There have been times I've been late. There have been times I've been, um, I've missed it, I believe twice in my life only have I missed my medication, which is pretty darn good. But I never really took notice of whether or not taking your medication at a different time has an impact on our minds and our bipolar disorder. And I know I've mentioned that it undoubtedly does, but until you're in a real position in which I guess you could say you've been moving and going all day long and then you miss your medication, well, I could tell you what happened with Mr. Joe. I came home, now it's 9.30, and now I'm an hour and a half late for my medication. And when I took the pill... The unfortunate thing is, is that I was still wound up. I was wound up from the day. Um, I was wound up from the night. I was wound up from uh, the the task in ha- at hand that I had to complete and take part in during the nighttime. So I was hyped, man. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was like a gym hype, but I was hyped. And here's the unfortunate truth about what went down. I took my medicine. I said to my wife, I got to go to bed. I mean, you know, it really stinks, guys, when you are at your workplace and you work so late and then you're up the next day so early and you got to go in. I mean, it's almost like you haven't had a break. You've never been home. You might as well sleep at your job. So I turned to my wife and I said, I think from a health perspective, it would probably be very wise for Mr. Joe to go lay down and she agreed and we went into bed and I'll tell you right now without making this a long drawn out boring Mr. Joe story Mr. Joe didn't sleep a single second last night not a single second it wasn't the sleep where you are kind of up but you know kind of asleep because I've talked about those before I get that it wasn't the sleep where You fall asleep for half hour and then you wake up to go to the bathroom or because you hear a noise. It wasn't a sleep at all. Mr. Joe did not sleep a single wink last night. And I would imagine that the the day that I had, although I would not say it would be bad, because it was so energizing and because it was so involved, what it comes down to is it really threw me off. It threw my internal body clock off. And I believe that that ultimately led to insomnia. Now, whether or not my mood stabilizer failed to work because I took it late, it's, it's very hard to say. But what I can say, ultimately, in a nutshell is that Mr. Joe now is actually functioning on, let's see, I mean, 
So, my goodness. I mean, we're about 20, I mean, we must be over 24 hours in terms of being awake. And again, those of you with bipolar disorder can understand this. Now, I, I almost feel as if this was like induced. It wasn't necessarily a, a manic induction of sleep deprivation. It was more of a circumstantial sleep deprivation based on the simple fact that I was so wound up and uh, potentially my medicine not working the way that it should. Nevertheless, here Mr. Joe is up now for over 30 hours, and it's a big problem. It's a big problem because I will say to you all that I had absolutely no difficulties whatsoever in terms of addressing my work obligations today. I had no difficulties in terms of attending to the more difficult tasks of today, such as, I guess you would call it marketing and selling and speaking. And um, I was on the top of my game. I was like a manic maniac, if that's a word or a set of words. I was like a manic maniac, wackadoo, Mr. Joe, who had absolutely no issues doing anything today and felt like I had slept an entire lifetime. And I felt damn good. Damn good. And... I know already that at some point, if Mr. Joe doesn't go to sleep, we're going to have a big issue here. And that's what's led me to talk to my audience about not only sleep deprivation, but going at a pace of one day, two days, three days, even four days. When you go that long without sleep, each and every day that you are without that rest, you are dealing with something different that can potentially have an impact not only on your mind, but on your body, so physically and mentally. And from what I know, based on the things that I have read before or studied before, particularly about in terms of psychology, I remember going through this, that sleep deprivation for, let's say, 24 hours... So in other words, what Mr. Joe is now in is comparable to the thinking or the cognitive impairment of somebody with a blood alcohol content of pretty high. What it is, I don't know, but I would, I would imagine it's high enough so that somebody could be considered to be cognitively impaired based on the fact that they have not slept over the last 24 hours, almost like they're drunk. Now, did that affect Mr. Joe in that way? From, from what I understand, I don't think so. I don't think so because after 24 hours of not sleeping, in terms of decision-making, it should be completely deteriorated. You should not be able to make a decision appropriately. You should probably have a severe decline in uh, what I would call eye and hand coordination. Obviously, you're going to be a little bit more emotional, some inattention. Believe it or not, <laughs> you you might even have some hearing things going on, meaning like you're just not hearing things. And I don't want to get too far-fetched here, but man, if you are feeling all those things, what happens if you're driving in a car? 
Now, again, Mr. Joe is not feeling those things right now. I feel like Superman, but I have bipolar disorder. And it is without a doubt that even though I'm not on the 24-hour symptom cycle of what I'm explaining right now, at some point, those symptoms are going to catch up with me. And whether or not it's 24 hours or 30 hours or, <clears throat> excuse me, 36 hours, but I can tell you this, that around 36 hours of sleep deprivation, that's when your physical health starts to be very severely impacted. Okay? That is the point, and Mr. Joe is touching on that point at this period in time, where your health essentially begins to be at risk. And it makes sense to some extent, because i got to tell everybody here that um, I am actually, I feel like everything in my body is inflamed, if that makes any sense at all. Now, that would probably be about the only physical symptom that I would report on now, but it would not be surprising, guys, if, he, if you're at 36 hours of, of sleep deprivation, okay? Now, now, obviously, that's not two days yet, but you're at 36 hours. I would imagine that, you know, in terms of physical and again, I'm just trying to go over what seems to be or appears to be present with me, but is not full-fledged, because Mr. Joe is still clearly manic and able to function, but I'm starting to lose that motivation. It's almost like my head has this buzzing, um, almost like if, let's say, you felt dehydrated. I guess that would be the easiest way to... to, to um, describe it. And as you can see, Mr. Joe is deteriorating as this uh, podcast is going on. For the most part, my, my speech or my responses or my dictations towards other people are completely dependent on what I know, my knowledge. Almost like I'm in autopilot and I've lost a whole bunch of time. And it's, it's pretty scary. It really is. It's pretty scary. It, it's a dangerous road that I'm traveling right now, and it's simply because I have not slept in probably about... And again, listen, Mr. Joe does not do very good math, but guys, we are definitely approaching the 48-hour mark at some point. And I'll tell you right now, after two days of no sleep, the body absolutely begins to engage in what I would call, um, God, what is the word? Micro-sleeps, if uh, I, I remember that correctly. It's almost like your body begins to compensate by shutting down and engages in uh, micro-sleeps, which are essentially just these little episodes that last from a, like, I'd say a half a second or so to a half a minute. And after that, you feel like you've lost your mind. It's like this period of disorientation. So that person who is going through that micro-sleep falls asleep regardless of what the heck they're doing or what they're engaged in. It's, uh, to me, it's like a blackout to some extent. And a person who is actually experiencing those micro-sleeps at the 48-hour of sleep deprivation mark, well, believe it or not, a lot of times we're not even consciously aware that these micro-sleeps are occurring. And it's almost like the mind starts to slip into neutral. 
if you could make that comparison with a car. And, you know, you, you're like, you're just out there, man. You're out there looking into the wilderness and just unable to maintain any kind of a focus because you're now on two days of no sleep. And not only does the micro sleep start to affect us, but you have complete disorientation. And that is that is scary. And that is scary. Now, again, a lot of us with bipolar disorder who are not necessarily feeling it during the initial stages of our manic episode, I promise you at some point, even though you're not aware of it, you will start to go through these things. And for those of you who are medicated with bipolar disorder, if for some reason you've experience what Mr. Joe experienced last night, or for some reason your sleep schedule is significantly off than it usually is, you better be prepared for some of this stuff. Because this stuff is going to go, this is the stuff that's going to go on with you. Now, let's take it a step further, man. I mean, we go into 72 hours of no sleep. I'm going to tell you right now that you're going to have some major cognitive deficits. You're going to actually, believe it or not, I would think you would have some hallucinations. I mean, other things that you would experience or that I would say as a, as a human being without 72 hours of sleep, you're going to definitely have significant deficits in your concentration. Motivation is probably going to be long gone right out the window. Your perception is, is just a complete disaster. And, um, you know, every... Every mental process that you might have, I mean, for the most part, is probably in jeopardy at that point in time. And that, 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 that I have to say, I don't think that really matters whether or not you have bipolar disorder. Man, if you are 72 hours without sleep, I'm going to tell you this, that every single simple, solitary conversation is going to be difficult for you. And that is the point in time, that 72-hour mark is when we, with bipolar disorder, we are right in the landing zone, so to speak, for hallucinations. And it's, it's crazy. It really is. I mean, I, I could imagine us looking out into the distance and, and seeing things as I'm doing now, I'm, you know, I'm looking out my car window and I'm not 72 hours into sleep deprivation, but I got to tell you, I'm looking out into the trees and what appears to me to be almost like a, a gun. It appears to be like a rifle of some sort. You know, if I take a real closer look at it, what I'm actually seeing is, is a set of trees and branches, but it's almost like I've made this picture up in my mind. And it's funny because I'm not even able to concentrate on our podcast right now because I keep lifting my body up and looking into the wilderness at what I think appears to be a gun. And then when I take a double take, I realize that it's, uh, and where I got gun from, I have no idea, everybody. This is just something that popped into my mind because that's what it looks like. Because Mr. Joe is in the process of going cuckoo. I'll tell you this. Your anxiety should be at at an all-time high. As you progress throughout the course of the week, without sleep, 
each day our anxiety is going to become worse and worse. Now, again, Mr. Joe is not feeling those things right now. It's almost like I'm running on fumes, but I need you all to be aware and I needed you to understand the severity, the seriousness of how days without sleep, and listen, this doesn't necessarily even have to pertain to bipolar disorder. Some of us have jobs that keep us up for days. Um, some of the younger people out there, um, younger than Mr. Joe, and you know, older people who might be going to school as well, but um, definitely younger than Mr. Joe or um, more motivated to continue their schooling than Mr. Joe. For all I know, you're studying for days on end, and you're up, and you're drinking coffee, and you're taking all those uh, stimulants to keep your body awake, and um, you know, eventually you're going to experience all of these cognitive deficits, and they're basically going to get worse each day that passes by in terms of you losing your sleep. And I have to tell you, it's probably not helpful that Mr. Joe is already looking towards tonight and saying to myself, Dear God, I hope that I am able to close my eyes. Because I said it last night. I said it last night. I asked my wife to come into bed with me. I could no longer, what I thought, keep my eyes open. Meanwhile, as soon as I got into bed, that was it. That was it. I couldn't move. I couldn't, I, I couldn't sleep. Nor could I move. Other than waking up, or sorry, leaving my bed because there was nothing to wake up from, probably 11 or 12 times last night to urinate. And what was even stranger is that these were really long urinations, um, which makes me believe, and I'm sure that I've discussed this before, that when you have anxiety and you can't shut down, well, be prepared for frequent urination and maybe even frequent bowel movements. The difference with Mr. Joe last night was a lot of times when I have anxiety and I feel the need to urinate. The need to urinate comes on very quickly and then I'll go into the bathroom and barely nothing comes out. And you don't feel like a lot of relief, almost very similar to that of a urinary tract infection. And Nevertheless, Mr. Joe zips up, he walks out, and then before you know it, five minutes later, up, oh, gotta go again. And that's very common. What was different last night that with Mr. Joe is I, I just kept peeing and peeing. And, you know, I said to myself, did I drink a lot of water? I, I didn't. I don't know what went on. I do know that my body was to, to some point, well, I don't want to say in shock, I was getting real close. I was getting real close. And what makes us with bipolar disorder so interesting is that you would think somebody who didn't sleep last night, and by the way, everybody, don't get me wrong, when I quote-unquote woke up this morning, which was never even a wake-up, it was, it, was it was a get out of bed for my son, I was miserable, absolutely miserable. I wasn't tired, but I was nasty, I was, I was arrogant, I was impatient, and then yet somehow when I got into work, I was able to pull off that persona like everything was fine, everything is fine and dandy. It's all good. Everything is great. And that's what makes bipolar disorder so interesting because you would think that somebody like Mr. Joe would be completely susceptible 
to that 24 hours of sleep deprivation, all the things that I should be experiencing with the 24 hours of sleep loss. But yet, it's almost as if my bipolar has taken over and has allowed me to be the manic wackadoo that I am and function in a way that I never thought I would be able to do. And that to me is a little strange. It's a little odd. It's kind of scary to see exactly what we with bipolar disorder are capable of. And the, the, even the scarier thing is to, to, to say to yourself, well, is this true sleep deprivation because I was just hyped up and overactive and I just couldn't settle my mind down and tonight will be no problem. I'll be back in bed. I'll be snoring away. Or is this a clear-cut introduction to a manic episode? Uh, for what it's worth, I will tell everybody right now that the, the ability to concentrate is slowly starting to dissipate. As Mr. Joe is on this podcast, the fogginess in the head is starting to set in, which makes me feel as if this is just true sleep deprivation, and I want to hope that it wasn't bipolar-related. But if it is, here's the simple truth of the matter that whatever goes up, and Mr. Joe is real up there, is going to come down. And with a rapid cycler, it would not be surprising to see Mr. Joe immediately dip down into that depressive feeling. I'm not feeling it right now, but again, my cognitive abilities are starting to suffer a little bit and starting to worry me. So, um, again, the worst thing that we could do, guys, is hope that we can fall asleep. I mean, because usually we put that in our minds and we say, oh, please sleep tonight. Well, it's a good chance you're not going to sleep. It's as simple as that. Um, I am hoping that tonight I'll be able to put my headphones in, clear my head, listen to whatever podcast I like to listen to, and just hopefully drift off into into sleep land because I don't think I will be able to function another day like this, especially the way that I am feeling at the moment. So the key to this podcast and something that I've said so many times before, guys, you got to get your sleep. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care where you work. I don't care how your life is. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that in a respectful way, meaning that whatever you're doing in life should never, ever interfere with your ability to sleep. And I'm not one to talk, everybody. I'm not one to talk. But I'll tell you this, I give it my very best shot to stay into a routine, remain into that routine, and adhere to that schedule of sleep. Because if you don't separate the two, your functioning ability during the day separated from your downtime and sleep at night, I would imagine that our days are going to become worse and worse as the days go by. And with bipolar disorder, ultimately... Those days and days of misery that have slowly turned into that horrific uh, disorientation, well, at some point in time, that's when we're going to crash, is really what it comes down to. We're going to crash. We're going to go fall into that deep depression. And that's obviously what I'm scared of. I'm, I'm scared of a couple of things. I'm scared of not being able to fall asleep tonight. That is breaking rule number one. And I'm scared that I'm going to fall down into a deep depression. 
Um, so what is my hopefulness? What, what am I hopeful for? I guess I'm hopeful for the fact that this is not just a bipolar situation where I am entering into a manic episode. This is more of, and I'll put it this way, more of Mr. Joe's inability to handle the stress and anxiety of a full day or an extended day of work and allowing that anxiety to seep into the night, which ultimately kept me up all night and has resulted in this, what I think to be a productive day, but is now ending on a, on a rather anxious note, unfortunately, and one in which I will pray and hope that I could fall asleep tonight. Uh, but, you know, those feelings have set in. So the point, of again, everybody, is get your sleep. Get it in the best way that you can. Try to get between seven and nine hours of sleep. I have talked about the importance of getting eight hours of sleep. I know it's not always possible, everybody, but with bipolar disorder and with any mental illness, for, a matter, for, for that matter, you need to get the proper amount of sleep or eventually things are going to go downhill and they're going to go downhill really fast. So go to bed, everybody. That's Mr. Joe's warning or Mr. Joe's message for this evening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. And in closing, I would like to say, if you are living with a mental illness right now and you're doing well, I ask you to continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or a drug addiction, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Have a great day.